It's now 10 days since the AGM at Ibrox and a week since it became known that the board backed Resolution 10 which sought to disapply preemption rights and would have allowed the board to convert some loans into equity and raise new money was lost. In between times there was an unsuccessful attempt to disallow Mike Ashley's voting rights at the meeting and an alleged removal of the Eastdale's blocks voting rights as well. In addition, former Chairman Malcolm Murray's vote in the same resolution has been identified publicly as the decisive one which saw it fail, seemingly because the board expected his support. Meanwhile, in the background, Mike Ashley presses on with his disputes. First of all, with Dave King over an alleged breach, breach sorry, of confidentiality, which involves a contempt of court. And secondly, with the SFA, where he's seeking a judicial review to examine the process by which Dave King was found to be fit and proper uh, to hold a football club directorship. And still not going away are the criminal cases being brought against a host of people involved in the 2012 purchase of Rangers assets, which is casting doubt over the ownership of those assets. David Lowe is with me today to try and make some sense out of it all. David, as you all know, is no stranger to the world of football, politics and finance. Welcome, David, and thanks for coming along. Delighted to be here again. <laughs> let's, let's try to take these issues one by one. First of all, how significant is the loss of Resolution 12 to the board and what are the main consequences? Well, it's very significant because it was clearly a cornerstone plank in the director's plans to recapitalise, to start fixing the club. Uh, I think it's correct to say that it's a matter of record record that uh, they have given the club soft loans and the intention was or is to convert those loans into equity. Uh, In order to do that, without offering shares to all the other shareholders, they had to disapply preemption rights. Resolution 10, if you like, at the recent AGM, uh, that resolution required 75% approval, and approval was not forthcoming. So that can only be interpreted as bad news for the board, and I don't think anybody, no no matter where they stand in the... The spectrum of all things involving Rangers, nobody would argue that that's bad news for the board. The thing is, though, I'm also thinking that, that, that there were people who have already given the, the, the club soft loans and the intention was to convert them into equity. But in terms of their out-of-pocketness, if you like, or the level of how out-of-pocket they are, they, whether the, the loan becomes equity or remains a loan doesn't make any difference to those people anyway, does it? Well, we don't know whether it makes a difference to those people because we don't know what their mindset was you know, when they lent it. Mm-hmm. What we do know, again, it's a matter of record because it's in the, the Rangers' uh, accounts uh, and announcements, and that is it is or it was intended for those loans to be repaid. I'm talking about the existing loans from uh, the Three Bears and Mr King uh, by the 31st of December, which is two or three weeks away. They also said at the same time, I might add, that they have the right to extend it. So I think it's absolutely certain that uh, those loans made by those individuals will be extended. Uh, But as we speak, there is no prospect of them being converted into equity Mm -hmm. because the resolution to permit that was not passed. They could revisit uh, the resolution at another general meeting. They may well do that. But uh, I'm not convinced that it would pass uh, if it was revisited. Uh, well, there's been talk about that, about an EGM being called now uh, because the board didn't get the, the result that they wanted. 
and obviously they see that as you said is, is, is crucial going forward but I, I think the, the point I'm making is that if you um, I don't see that it makes any difference in terms of uh, giving future loans if the you know like for instance j- just for talking sake we'll, we'll use uh, uh, Mr Park as an example um, he may be into the club for uh, I don't know a million and a half quid or whatever it happens to be which he may have wanted to be converted into shares um, but is the fact that it hasn't been converted into shares will that make it less or more likely or just the same uh, that, that he would give them more money? Well we don't know the answer to that because we don't know exactly what their intentions are and we don't know exactly how keen they are to uh, lend money uh, on uncommercial terms on the never-never because there is no guarantee that they will ever be uh, converted into uh, equity. Uh, And then there are other practical problems, very real problems that I don't see addressed in the the mainstream media or, or elsewhere to date. It seems to be conveniently forgotten that Rangers, even though they're unlisted, are Rangers International Football Club, PLC to be precise, are... APLC remain regulated by the takeover panel and one of the imports of that is that uh, you cannot acquire or have more than 29.9% of that uh, company Mm -hmm. uh, without making a bid to all the other shareholders at the highest price you have paid for your shares in the preceding 12 months. Mm -hmm. Now the shares that Mr Park, and he is in a concert party, you know, with the two other bears, and some... Arguable, though, isn't it? Well, they bought it together. Uh, they are called the three bears rather than the individuals. Uh, they bought the shares at the same price on the same day. Uh, if my memory serves me correct, it was around 31st of December this year. I don't think anybody could legitimately argue that they're not in concert and that together they've got the best part of 15%. It's debatable whether uh, Dave King is a member of uh, the concert party. Some would say yes, some would say no. And together, ironically, they have got more than 29.9%. My memory serves me correct, it's 34%. But it does appear nobody's made a fuss about that so far. The main point going forward, though, is... They have lent money, which could technically convert into equity if their existing loans were converted into shares. That begs the question, how many shares does that or those loans convert into? Mm -hmm. The answer to that is determined by what price is applied to those shares. Now, you know, Rangers financial affairs are not good. Everybody knows that without being politic about it. Uh, are the shares to be issued at 10 pence, 15 pence, 20 pence or whatever. That will determine the amount of shares that they have. That will be added to their current shareholdings. My point is that they can't go above 29.9%. Otherwise, they have to make a bid. Now, they could get what's called a whitewash, which is permission from the takeover panel Mm -hmm. to go above 29.9%. Indeed, Dermot Desmond at Celtic got uh, such a permission off the top of the head, he owns 44% of Celtic, which he acquired via the last share issue a good few years ago. So that's a possibility. But given all the things in and around Rangers, you know, I think it would be extremely, going, going on around Rangers, I think it would be extremely unlikely that a whitewash would be granted. Now that presents a problem because Rangers need money going forward. So even if after 
So even if they got the permission mm -hmm. and even if the current loans were converted into equity, there's only so far they can go. And that is up to 29.9%. Mm -hmm. So again, if another 5 million is, the, is to be uh, lent to Rangers in order to repay uh, Mike Ashley's uh, uh, loan, is that going to be converted into equity? Because uh, it seems very unlikely that even just paying off the loans rather than investing more money in the company, the amount, to the extent to which they can do that is limited by this 29.9%. So I fail to see how it's actually a solution. It only could become a solution if, together with the conversion of those loans, other external investors come in. You know, people of a like mind supporting the current board. There may be other businessmen out there. There may be institutions out there. There's certainly the the, the Rangers fan grouping, which uh, it's suggested would want to invest shares. But you've got to watch that they're not, act, not acting in concert because of the 29.9% rule. And it's all... Uh, on the basis that there are such uh, people willing to invest in the company. It doesn't look like a, a clear path to a solution uh, at all. And uh, again, to fix Rangers, Dave King's on record as saying it could require up to 30 million. You know, where's that coming from? Uh, that's, that's the real question. I think ultimately, I suppose that, that all of this manoeuvre is about short-term cash just to help with cash flow then rather than some long-term plan to try to get the club into a state where it can, it can compete with others? Everything that's going on around Rangers is, is, is in the short term just now. Again, the, the board have said that it's losing money. That money that it's, it's losing has to be financed. Uh, that money is currently being financed by loans. It's anticipated they'll have to lend more money if the board or board associates are willing to do that, fair enough. But the difficulty is converting those loans into equity uh, and staying under 29.9% whilst you continue to lose money and continue to need to lend the company more and more money. Uh, that uh, problem remains unresolved uh, as we speak. Hypothetical situation then at the moment... Um that, uh, that the hat gets passed around to the people who have been providing soft loans up to now and they all say, oh, well, I'm out, pass. What, what, what happens in a situation like that? There's no money coming in. Well, you said it's a hypothesis. It's yes. one of several high hypotheses. I can't remember what the plural of hypothesis is. Hypotheses. Hypotheses, then, yes. if you like. So it's one of several hypotheses. <laughs> uh, but under your hypothesis, that would be a great big problem. Yeah, because you know if it's losing money and it requires to pay bills, uh, who's going to lend it money if the board's not going to lend it money, or certain members of the board's not going to lend it money? Uh, that's a worry, uh, but it's, it may well be the case that there are people prepared to do that. So that's another hypothesis. Mm -hmm. The other hypothesis being there may well be people willing to do that, lend it money. But if the the weren't, I mean, they would basically they would they would have to go into administration, wouldn't they? Well, this is not uh, me trying to be mischievous. What, what I'm try, trying to get to a situation whereby is I, I find it inconceivable that, that they'll allow it to go into administration. But the thing is, it is a possibility if everybody was to say, right, you know, let's quit here. 
Okay, yes, it is a possibility that Rangers would go into administration if they couldn't pay their way, pay their bills, because uh, they couldn't find finance to uh, keep the ship afloat, uh, to use a metaphor. Uh, yeah, that would be a problem, and administration would be a would be a, a solution, a particularly uh, unpleasant solution, uh, with everything that administration involves, you know, points, deductions, uh, another great big debate about is it 15 points, is it 25 points, is it a new club, is it not a new club? Uh, it'd be very difficult to even get board approval or shareholder approval uh, for that, given uh, the war that's going on amongst the shareholders. I, I can't see, I, I think the routes to a solution for Rangers are in uh, consensus, a make peace uh, try and find a consensus, make peace with one of your largest shareholders and start moving forward. But there's no sign of that happening. There seems no. to be a... Well, tomorrow, in fact, uh, Dave King is in court uh, down south uh, about this contempt of court thing. Well, no, I mean, obviously we don't know what's going to happen about it. I mean, it may well be a spurious charge for, for all I know. But uh, assuming... That things don't go favourably for the Rangers chairman tomorrow. What impact, if any, or what consequences would that have in the club? Well, that's another hypothesis. You keep, yes, indeed. You keep presenting me with the unpleasant hy- well, I hypotheses. Suppose we, I suppose we could do this tomorrow uh-huh. after the court case, and, and and then we could, you know, we, we could talk about what had already happened. But you know, it's, well, more, I, I, it's more fun to guess. I'm not going to pine on a on, on a court case because you know, no, 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 that's not a sensible thing to do. No, but I'm talking. I'm talking about if it were to go, if. if Dave King was, were to be found in contempt of court, no matter what the punishment may be, whether it's a five pound fine or a months in, in in jail, neither here nor there. But just the fact that if he's found guilty, what what consequence would that have for Rangers? No, if he's if he's found guilty, and we'll talk a minute in a minute about if he's found innocent. Yes, yeah, because that's only fair and reasonable. But if he's uh, found uh, guilty, I mean that's extremely bad, because just how fit. And proper, would he be then uh, in the eyes of the SFA? And, and I think you'd have to conclude he, he, he was not fit and proper if he'd been found guilty of contempt of court on top of all the other historic uh, guilty verdicts against him. But remember, on the other hand, if he's found innocent, yeah. uh, he may well be reimbursed with all these expenses, or Rangers may well be. Uh, by by Mr. Mr. Ashley or Mash, his company. So I don't know what will happen uh, tomorrow. We know what the allegation is, and you will get results uh, sooner rather than later. See, what I'm also thinking about is that if he's found guilty, given the fact that uh, that Mike Ashley is also after the the, the SFA over this judicial review about King's fit and properness, <clears throat> wouldn't that be a, a, an ideal opportunity for the SFA? Uh, to just as you spoke about reconsider whether he was fit and proper and get remove King for the picture and get Ashley off their back at the same time I don't think they'll ever get uh, Mike Ashley off their back, the SFA or Rangers, uh, I can't envisage a situation at the moment whereby uh, Mike Ashley will cease to be a major irritation for both the SFA and Rangers Uh, the law of the land supersedes any uh, SFA rule. He is a shareholder. Shareholders have rights in the eyes of the law, and the law is more important than any football rules or any Rangers constitution. And I don't envisage a situation whereby he's just going to pack his tent and go. 
he owns 8.92% of Rangers or, or, or something similar to that, and that's not going to change. If they have a rights issue, because you've not talked about that, which involves raising money uh, from all the shareholders, uh, you know he is perfectly entitled to maintain his 8.92% uh, percentage holding, and I, I think he would do that. But would that be the sensible route then, the rights issue, if they can't, obviously if this resolution 10 thing's gone now, surely it is a sensible thing just to get short-term money and to go to the, the current shareholders and say... Well, that's what they did last time, and from memory they raised three million quid, or the previous board did that. There's only two ways. If you're losing money and you need finance you know, for the team, for the fabric, to pay your bills, there's only two ways. That is lending it money, and that is increasing your equity. Uh, and they're going down the lend the money and convert it into equity routes, but that's been stymied you know, with the resolution that we talked about or the not being approved earlier on. They could uh, have a rights issue, yeah, to all the shareholders. They could have it underwritten by the three bears. Uh, shareholders that didn't take up their rights would be diluted. But I think it's pretty certain that uh, uh, Mike Ashley would take up his rights. Yeah, but they, would, they could still engineer, after a fashion, the, 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 the loans to equity in a situation like that as well. Well, it depends who they is. Uh, at the end of the day... The lenders to Rangers at this moment in time are Dave King, mm-hmm. the Three Bears, and Mike Ashley. Mm-hmm. So why should Mike Ashley get treated any different than the Three Bears and Dave King? You know that might be another court case. If of course, uh, yeah. so, everybody has to be treated equal. Everybody's equal uh, in the eyes of the law, and anything that Rangers Board does, you know, has to be fair, reasonable, in the best interest of all the people that own the football club, who are the shareholders. So what you're saying there is that, uh, that if Dave King's million quid, for, just for talking's sake, that if they had a rights issue and Dave King was going to take up a million pounds worth of shares under that rights issue, that he could say, well, I'll just swap that, that loan. But if he did that, Mike Ashley would be perfectly entitled to say, well, can I have five million quid worth it in that case? No, that would be that would be a debate, and it's all predicated on uh, that that scenario that you just outlined. There is predicated upon uh, the the, the, dis, the the preemption rights being disapplied. In such a, an instance, uh, anybody can have as much as they want, uh, or as much as the board determines within the authority given under that resolution. And Dave King could convert. If the board gave it, which will not happen, <laughs> permission, he could convert his five million to sh- shares. The board can convert their loan to shares, but you know that's not going to happen because the two sides are at war. Part of the rationale of that resolution was to diminish, dilute, and marginalise yeah. Dave King's influence and his shareholding in the club. Mike Ashley is a do beg your pardon, uh, shareholding in the club, but that's been stymied. I, I just don't see that happening. I think the only way forward for Rangers is to make peace with uh, one of their largest shareholders. Uh, but there's no sign of that happening either. Well, that's what I was th- thinking. That it, it, it seems to me that there, is, that there is no prospect of it at the moment. And in fact, if anything, the, you know, the, the rhetoric has been ramped up uh, e- even more at the moment. But one question that, that pe- people have talked about this judicial review, and we know what the ju- judicial review is about, that, that Mike Ashley's asked for, but what possible benefit 
is there and having that judicial review carried out to Mike Ashley I, I, I don't really see that other than embarrassing the SFA and embarrassing Dave King Well that, that's right I mean we're in a sort of uh, Pyrrhic mode at the moment I don't, it's, be, it's become about it's become less about Rangers mm. and more about the personalities uh, in and around Rangers there's a polarised situation and uh, I don't see any consensus or common grounds or, 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 or peace moves at all. The major casualty, you know, whilst this fighting goes on, is the football club. Uh, the problems in and around the football club get worse if the people that own the football club, the shareholders, are spending hundreds of thousands of pounds in court cases, which... Uh, nobody really benefits from I can't see any benefit anywhere uh, from these court cases if Mike Ashley succeeds in his judicial review, you're right, I mean it embarrasses the SFA in a very serious way, it embarrasses uh, Dave King in a very serious way Uh, it may well result in him being deemed uh, unfit and improper uh, and that's but what does that do for Rangers? It does very little for Rangers, and or, or for Mike Ashley, for that matter. Yeah, it's become personal, though I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, okay, well, one last question about Rangers, just before we move on to something else, I want to ask you about, and, and that is, um, that if you, if any of those guys who are who are major investors in Rangers at the moment, would it come to you, as people often do? and ask you for your advice about what their next step would be. What what would your advice be? The advice is the obvious advice, and that is you've got to find consensus and common ground. I had to do this at Celtic in the 1990s, and I did it because it was sensible. I mean, Gerald Weisfeld, you know, had a blocking stake of over 25%. In Celtic in 1994, which he acquired from the previous board, you know, in order for Fergus's plans to move forward, it required, guess what, a special resolution to disapply uh, preemption rights, and that could not happen, you know, without Gerald Weisfield's uh, consent. Uh, so we had a meeting, uh, we established some uh, common ground, and we got that consent uh, through concessions on each side. Uh, that's what has to happen here. It's pretty simple, but there's no, there's no sign of it happening whatsoever. And, in and the that, that's, a, that, that's a problem. But in the absence of that concession? In the absence uh, of that concession... Oh, uh, cons- uh, consensus, sorry. Okay, in the absence of that uh, consensus or that concession, uh, <laughs> there are uh, going to be ongoing problems with Rangers, and I, I can only see it getting worse. Okay, obviously this is going to run and run, and uh, and I think tomorrow there'll be more news as well as Dave King and Mike Ashley have a have a wee uh, bout of swinging uh, fists at one another in the High Court of the Chancery. I think it is. In, I don't know. Uh, I don't follow these court cases. But anyway, Roger Mitchell, our old, our old friend who has recently reemerged, is now talking about a merger between the D and the D United that was only you know a couple of days away from happening or something. Now to me. Uh, you know, looking in the face of that, that's nonsense. Well, I, I don't think it's nonsense. And I, I don't know if he was suggesting now. I've not read it in detail. In fact, no, no, he's talking about historically. The no, historically, yeah. I remember. Yeah, no, historically, uh, there, there, there were discussions because the situation at Dundee and Dundee United was very fluid. 
uh, I think, uh, in fact, Dundee, I can't remember the exact timeline, but, you know, they were a PLC. They'd been taken over several times, and uh, the owners of Dundee at the time tried to circumvent the takeover panel rules. I'm talking about uh, Andrew Drummond, I think was the chairman at the time, and they acquired a 60% shareholding from Angus Cook, remember him? <laughs> and uh, presented it as two separate transactions. You know, Drummond acquired 29% and some unrelated party uh, required the, uh, acquired the balance. Uh, it was brought to the attention of the, the takeover panel and uh, they basically uh, judged that, uh, no, uh, you should have made a full offer, you were in breach of... Uh, takeover panel rules and uh, they basically adjudged uh, the pair of them, uh, the two buyers, uh, unfit and improper. Uh, so Dundee were going through a torrid time. Also, I think I'm correct in saying they've been in a administration a couple of times since then. So, and, and you know, they're a perennially uh, in trouble club, although they might be faring a bit better now. At the same time, Dundee United, I think uh, Jim McLean was wanting to retire uh, or sell his shareholding, and uh, there were discussions. And one of the discussions uh, which reached an advanced stage was a merger, or some would call it a takeover of Dundee by Dundee United. Uh, Conceptually, you know, that could, could work as long as it's by consensus. That's the key point. Everybody uh, gets wrapped up uh, in the situation of the day. You know, things can never change. But everybody forgets in Inverness, Caledonia and Thistle is the result of a merger of two clubs. And everybody forgets that Inverness, Caledonia and Thistle uh, are a more successful club than either of the Dundee United clubs uh, if you if you look at the situation just now, Inverness, you know, won the, the League Cup last year. So you got to be prepared to have Scot- a note. Scottish Cup. What well, Scottish Cup? I beg your pardon to, for the slight you know, <laughs> to in, Inverness, Cali. No, it's a merge. It's a result of merger, and it was controversial at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I think Clackenacudden still is still on the go in the, the the Highland League, but it's been a success. They've gone from the bottom tier to the top tier. Uh, they're they're and, and they're higher up in the league than the, the two Dundee clubs. So it, mergers do work. That's probably the best example of a, yeah. a merger working. So if the two Dundee clubs, even today, if it was by consensus and it has to be consent uh, consensual, you know why not? And maybe uh, Roger, when he's brought this up again, was suggesting why not? It should certainly be debated. It should certainly be considered. Because uh, because you could have a stronger Dundee club competing uh, well, there in was, the SPL. If you remember, Wallace Mercer famously uh, said he was going to try to buy Hibs. Well, again, that was completely different. That was a hostile takeover yeah. uh, of uh, Hibs by Hearts. It was cloaked in a merger uh, moniker, but it was really uh, the end of Hibs. You know, had it succeeded, uh, but. Uh, I don't think that would work in, in the, for the same uh, rationale that I don't think Celtic and Rangers, <laughs> Rangers could merge. So, what, what are your thoughts on just say, for instance, a Dundee, Dundee United merger? Well, if it was consensual, you know, why, 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 why should it not happen? It would be up to the fans of both clubs and some sort of democratic vote. You know, uh, so you're talking about a consensus with the fans, not a consensus with both boards. No, I think ultimately. Well, legally, it would be both boards yeah. and de facto both sets of shareholders because there are uh, shareholders in both clubs. Mm. But 
I think you would you would uh, almost certainly want to carry the fans with you on that, and they would have to have a vote on it. Uh, I think it's worthy of debate. I'm not rec- just for the voice of doubt. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying you know, Scottish football is in such a bad state uh, that you have to be prepared to look at everything, and uh, you know that's worthy of a debate. Maybe that's why Roger has resurfaced it again, and you should speak to him about it and get his logic about it. Uh, and why he's raised it again. He had some very good ideas when he was the SPL chairman at the time. Uh, the television idea, you know, the SPL owning its own uh, TV rights, broadcasting its own t- TV rights. I thought that was a fantastic idea and uh, should be reconsidered given the way technology has changed. Uh, so he's always had good ideas uh, and he's a class apart, in my opinion, from all of the successors that have been at the top of the SPFL since then. I can actually feel a few eyebrows being raised towards the ceiling at that, but uh, I think we might take that advice, David, and, and see if we can get Roger on here. Um, well, I'll, drop, I'll drop him a, an email and ask him, and uh, if he's up do. for it, you can get in touch with him. Well, I've already written him an open letter, and, uh, and he didn't reply, but uh, I can forgive that slight. Thanks, David. No problem. <laughs>